The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance. Hi, Audioverse voters. I'm Emily Vanderwerf, the co-creator of Arden. We're so thankful that you have bestowed upon us 10 mentions on the Audioverse Awards long list. I'm going to call them the Abbeys. I think that we all just should call them the Abbeys. I know that some people do that. I'm, I'm making that decision right now for all of us. They're the Abbeys. Okay, so we are here with the show Arden, which is a fake true crime parody show that also is sometimes a drama. And in season one, we were about the disappearance of Julie Capsum, a starlet who disappeared around Christmas 2007, and her boyfriend, Ralph Montgomery, who also disappeared and may have been the bloodied torso in her trunk. Now, if you haven't listened to the show, we're about to spoil all of it, so you may want to go do that. And if you just want a taste of Arden and understand why we like our show and maybe why we hope you like it too, we're going to give you a taste of some of our many different moods and sides. So we're going to start with a clip from episode four, in which our two main characters, Bea Casely and Brenda Bentley, played by Michelle Agresti and Tracy Syed, talk about the fact that they might be trapped inside a podcast. Let's have a listen. Rosalind, did you get the thing I asked for? Sure did, boss. So, I've been listening to some other podcasts lately to work on my style. You know, Limetown, Black Tape, Sprite Sessions. Those are all fictional. How could they possibly help? Oh, and we're not fictional? You don't think this whole setup is a little preposterous? Brenda, this is obviously real life. If I am a character in a fake radio documentary, I might as well just... (sighs) You know what? Go ahead. Do whatever it is you're going to do. Anyway, I notice that they all have the same sound effect when something dramatic happens. What's it called, Rosalind? The Boom of Doom, boss. The Boom of Doom. I like it. So from now on, when we talk about things that truly matter, Rosalind will be booming and dooming it up. Like, for instance, somebody did it, Casely. Somebody hit me where it hurt. They ruined my life. They destroyed all the evidence, but worst of all... They burned my truck! We're not having fun right now. No, we're not. This is very serious. Rosalind, please don't do that. The moment carried me away, Miss Casely. All right. I'm glad you have your boom of doom. Now, can we talk about how you're a total screw-up? You make my heart go pitter-patter. That other voice you heard, that was Rosalind Ursula, played by Shannon Estabrook. We'll be getting back to her soon. Anyway, at the end of episode four, Bea and Brenda go outside the studio for once to have a chat, and they have sort of a heartfelt chat before there's a major revelation. Let's listen to that. Look, I really didn't mean to imply that you were a terrible police officer. When I got to know you on the case, you seemed no better or worse than any other police officer. But you have to realize that when it comes to public opinion, it really does seem like you f***ed up this case. Irreparably. Believe me, I know. Do you get what this case did to me? Made you a pariah in the law enforcement community? Worse. Look, what happens when you know there's a story? And you know what the story looks like, but you can't get the pieces together to publish the story? Drives me nuts. And then I go back to work. So you wouldn't just give up? Of course not. See? That's me. 
I knew I was onto something. I knew Gerald didn't do it, but I knew he knew who did. And with a little more time. But you screwed it up. Do you really think I would have done that? I really don't know. No, I'm like you, I don't quit. And now I've got this ghost hanging out with me every day, all these questions and no answers to give anybody. Brenda, for what it's worth, I really did mean what I said about you. That you didn't think I would be part of a criminal conspiracy? Yeah. Low bar, admittedly, but... Thanks. That's more than a lot of people give me credit for. I also don't think you'd set your truck on fire. I know how much you loved that thing. It was stupid. We love what we love, Brenda. We've got to keep going somehow. What do you love? The righteous, gunmetal taste of truth when it flows freely from the mouths of those who would otherwise lie to my face. <laughs> oh, hell, get out of here with that. Okay. I love my cat, Riley. I love my Prius. Long may she run. I love my job. I love Virginia Woolf and modern adaptations of her, set in high schools. And I love... Oh. Are these mics still... Tune in again next week for the part where B threatens legal action until she realizes just how ironclad that contract she signed was. Thrilled to the victory of corporate America over the little guy. All this and the Capsum Case Curse next week on Arden. You like that title? I mean, it's episode four. I'm not sure I like the title. Uh, this really isn't the time to... All this and the Capsum Curse next week on Andy Wayface Presents Investigations of Doom. You're right, I don't have anything better. So the starlet that Bia and Brenda are trying to solve the disappearance of is named Julie Capsum, and because she was in movies, there are clips of her all over the place. Now, of course, none of these movies actually exist. I'm sorry to spoil the show for you, but we did end up having to create them, and one of our favorites was a musical called Scotch and Soda, which we came up with because we found out that Lindsay Zana, who plays Julie Capsum, can sing, and boy, can she. You're about to find out as you hear this clip of her from our sixth episode.
Shannon Esterbrook, who plays Rosalind Ursula, made the long list in the supporting category. When you listen to this scene where she's staking out a graveyard as part of an investigation around an infamous curse that surrounds the Capsum case, well, you can see why she was long listed. We're blown away every day by our cast, and here's a great example of that. Welcome back, my adoring fans. <laughs> Apologies if my opening act was such a downer. Uh, it's a beautiful day here at Hollywood Forever Cemetery, my favorite Los Angeles area cemetery. I've had my share of adventures here. It's an excellent place for drop-offs, but you didn't hear that from me. And, and for pickups, but you also didn't hear that from me. <laughs> so this is a beautiful ceremony going on over the next hill. I wonder if there's a tasteful way to inquire after their florist. A lot of people are afraid of bold reds outside of a romantic context, and honestly, it's cowardly. Rosalind, someone died. Everyone's dying. Keep up. Am I the only one taking this seriously? Well, if you have to ask. <laughs> what are you so moody about? Don't tell me you're scared of the Capsum case curse. I am not. <laughs> I think you're safe. For now. For now? Well, you said it yourself. I mean, the curse is probably to blame for your car going so... <laughs> Now, there's one thing we haven't mentioned yet, which is that Arden has ads. Not really. They're not real ads, but they are ads for Wayface Industries, the company that owns the Arden Detective Agency and Arden, what was once the independent radio show and is now a radio show produced by Wayface Radio. Wayface is headed up by an eccentric billionaire, and it is canon that his business cards say eccentric billionaire named Andy Wayface. He's played by Ben Watts, and you are about to find out why the ads from this show are often our favorite things to write, they're often our actors' favorite things to perform, and when we talk to our fans, it's so often a thing that they want to single out are these ads. Here's Andy Wayface introducing an app called Waydate. It's tough being alone. Sure, you might think you're happy on your own. That you're self-made and didn't need a partner before? Why have one now after you've already put in the work? Wouldn't some new person just throw your carefully cultivated life into disarray? A needless distraction? A hanger-on? But that's how cowards think. Uh, hey Andy, sounds like there's a specific person you're trying to reach with this ad. Uh, yes and no, I suppose. Finding love isn't easy or wasn't until Waydate, Wayface's new dating app that will help you find your soulmate. Wayface wants you to sign up and post a profile if you're between the ages of 35 and 65, looking to settle down, have a kind smile, and either know how to fly a helicopter or are willing to learn. Do you think I'm being too picky? You're being too picky? Yes, instead of have a kind smile, just teeth. Hold on. Forgive me if I'm being wildly speculative and judgmental, but is this a dating app that only matches potential dates to you? Oh, I thought you were gearing up to say something a bit rude. <laughs> yes, you're right on the money. 
We have an algorithm that will look through billions of people and find my soulmate. Wow, must be nice to have your own gazillion dollar company. Yeah, it is, but it's not enough. Oh, Brenda pointed out all my life is missing is a wife and a dog. So, I'm finding a wife, and then later, I'll build us a dog. Ignoring the ominous use of the word build there. Andy, you still have to date around a bit. For starters, everyone lies on their dating profile, so the algorithm is going to be useless. You need to get in there and go through the messy process of learning each other's quirks. So I have to deal with dishonesty and messiness and getting to know someone before we can solve mysteries together with our Wayface brand dog, TM? I'm afraid so. Huh. It is disappointing that I might have to go on multiple dates. Dating's never seemed time efficient. Have you ever been on a date? I was busy turning a small business into an empire. Do you even know what sort of people you're attracted to? Oh, the, uh, the algorithm will sort it all out for me. I think it's more of a go-with-your-gut thing. Andy, what do you want? Hmm. I haven't never really thought about that. I suppose if I'm completely honest with myself, I'm not sure I want a dog. They don't have enough legs, in my opinion. Maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with Wayface building a better, more aerodynamic canine. I would love to do a deep dive into every single thing you've said in this conversation, but I don't think we should be recording it. Quite right. Let's wrap up the commercial. You still want to use this take for the commercial persuading people to date you? Bia. Algorithm. It's the algorithm that will persuade them to date me. Trust the algorithm. Of course. You know what? I am giving Waydate my full personal endorsement because I am very curious where this will go. The best of luck to all of you out there. Waydate. Putting a face to Wayface. Yeah, it feels like you botched the pun on that one. So we're not just a comedy podcast. I mean, all evidence to the contrary. We also have, like... A mystery, and we have to solve the mystery. Here's a pretty major twist in that mystery when Bea and Brenda get to see the long lost Julie Capsum film that was made before she disappeared and then sat in Hollywood limbo for many, many years. And finally, they get to see the first screening of it, and something surprising turns up. Bea? The poem scene. When Julie's walking into school. You saw it, right? I saw a good solid piece of indie cinema. Wait, you liked that self-indulgent male gazing? No, no, not important right now. We have to see it. Buddy, buddy! Leave me alone. I will seriously give you... 50... 70! 70 bucks! If you play the poem scene, then I'll leave you alone! Fine. We'll have to be quick, okay? On either side, the river Long fields of barley and rye That clothe the wall and meet the sky Pause it! And right there! The... Brenda, do you see it? Uh, it's Julie. She's turning and looking. Play the next seconds. In slow motion. Do you think this is CSI? This isn't CSI. 
Right there. Do you see it? I don't know where you're... The, the upper right corner. He walks on. Do you see it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She turns to look, and she smiles. That... And that smile! She's looking at... That's Ralph Montgomery. 2005, right? What? This film was shot in 2005. Julie and Ralph didn't meet until Halloween 2006. But that's him. Right there. And the way she's looking at him. She knows him. That's not possible. It has to be. Because I am looking at it right now. So yes, we are a mystery podcast. We do have a solution, and that solution comes in episode nine, as all great podcasts should do. In episode nine, our characters bounce some ideas off of each other, and they arrive at what turns out to be pretty close to what actually happened. Let's listen to that. All right, kitties. We've only got a few episodes left in case Lee's having some sort of a psychological episode. It's not a psychological episode. I'm really close to figuring this thing out. Look, if anyone's going to solve this mystery... I'm heading this off at the pass before you two eat up another episode with senseless arguing. Let's start in the obvious place. What was in the final pages of the report that Robert Capsum commissioned? The whereabouts of Julie's remains. Right. The private detective followed the money trail to Brookings, Oregon, and there... He found the outfit Julie had been wearing all day, drenched in her blood, but he didn't find her body. Though, if Julie had lost that much blood... So, what does that tell us? Well, Brookings is right across the border from Crescent City. Somebody obviously grabbed her, threw her in their car, and then just... Grabbed her from the forest clearing? Did a giant claw descend from the sky and grab her by the head and... Say that again. The giant claw thing? Tell me this isn't the theory of mine that you... Oh, What? What? Oh, a helicopter, right? It's like Julie is lifted into the sky. So what if somebody tracks her down by helicopter? They force her to get in, fly off with her, then fly her to Oregon, where any sort of search is far less likely to be carried out. You've heard of Virginia is for lovers? Well, Oregon is for murderers. Besides, the back country outside of Brookings is an absolute mess, but there is an airport. You land the helicopter, ditch the body back in the woods, and then it's not found for years. Except all they found were clothes, not even bones. It's not all that uncommon, especially if an animal gets a hold of the body and drags it off. Really, it's how God wanted us to go out if you think about it. Our corpses dragged off and mauled by an alpha predator or scavenger. Boy, what a thing. All that aside, it works, right? As a theory? I guess. It's a little disappointing. Sort of deus ex machina. I mean, it is a machine out of the sky, so... So who killed her? And who's the torso? Ralph, almost certainly. Uh, or at least he's the torso. Which would mean he's not the killer. Score one for Bentley. But the killer... Kale McPherson. I thought I was supposed to be the crazy one in this episode. That was Charlita Gaston, who's our other series regular. She plays Pamela Pink, the producer of Arden, and she's so terrific at doing sort of that dry, deadpan thing that our show sometimes needs. But anyway, as you'd expect in any show with two leads... There's some romantic tension between Bia and Brenda, and here is where Brenda finds out that Bia has been dating somebody else, and let's have a listen to that. 
Maybe we're thinking about all this... Oh, good! Maybe it's Natalie. Caller ID says Lorena Christopher, the podcast host? Oh! Yes! I should, uh... I should take this. <laughs> what was that? Bia and Lorena are dating. You didn't know? Yeah, they hit it off at PodCon. I mean, really, if, if you listen to the behind-the-scenes This material... is the first I'm hearing about it. Oh, you evidently missed. Did you hear about the date I went on last night with Lorena Christopher? Day. Yeah, she was insufferable, but she was also happy, so she brought bagels. Yeah, so we got something out of it at least. And now you know what it means every time she brings in bagels. I've eaten those bagels. So Casey's into snobs? Well, yes. Every time she brings a new bow by man or woman, that person's basically Bia, but more so. Like they met at a dating service for pedantics. <laughs> and I always thought opposites attracted. True enough. What do you think she and Lorena do on dates? Correct each other's grammar? Probably go to the movies and call it the cinema. <sighs> hey, Brenda, you okay? Oh. Oh. You had a crush, didn't you? Of course not! Everything about Casey drives me up the wall. Mm-hmm. Spoken like a true Meg Ryan protagonist. Now, you remember that werewolf film that she did? It was like in the 90s. Whatever. I just thought Casey and I were friends. And when you're friends, you talk about stuff like that. You know, like... If you have a new relationship you're excited about. Oh, so if, if you had a new relationship... Casey would be the first person I'd tell. I'm hurt. Then you see what I mean. I was kidding. Also, I feel like you'd magically already know somehow. So. <laughs> yeah, I totally would. I have a way about me. And I go through all of your trash cans at night. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it's not. It's just... Sorry. Just had a couple of things to hash out. Pamela, can I take five? I'm really glad you're happy. Bia? Really glad. What was that? It, but, you know, it's not, don't worry about it. <laughs> you can take Friday off. Just, you know, clean the break room. Right. On it. And obviously, if we get any closer to breaking this case, I'll rethink my plans. I honestly think we might be further off than we were when we started this whole podcast. You sure Brenda's okay? She has weird ideas about friendship. So now that they've got a good sense that Julie is somewhere else, Verona, Italy, maybe you're getting the reference now, everybody has to fly to Verona. And who should be flying that plane? Well, I'll let you find out. Pilot, what can I do you for, boss? What? How? Well, the how of it is, I got my pilot's license. Neat, isn't it? And very proud we all were. <laughs> right on, co-pilot Mr. Wayface. Aha. You know what? Normally, I would say, I have a lot of questions right now. But I won't. I refuse to have questions. Of course, this is what would happen. Did you have a question when you entered the cockpit? Which, now that I think about it, she probably shouldn't be able to do. Hmm, that's a good point. Should I have the security bar her, Captain Roslin? Stand down, co-pilot. Okay. <laughs> He's a good man, you know, always thinking about the safety of the crew. So, what was your question? Well, my question was, you wanted to see me? Which was very confusing because I thought you were just, um, the pilot. But it makes a little more sense now. 
I do have a new question, though, Mr. Wayface. Uh, what is this episode about? Pardon? It's your schedule we're trying to meet here. You want us to record an episode? Well, we're on a plane. Flying to find Julie Capsum. Not like we can actually do a whole lot. Oh, well, I, I think things have been getting a little intense. That conspiracy board you did last time was quite impressive. I've seen this kind of wild-eyed behavior before. Back when I was a boy, Father Maplethorpe once led our congregation up to the top of the mountain, where, for our Christmas sermon, with a similar fire in his eye, instead of our typical sacred text, he began a reading from Jonathan Livingston's Seagull. Well, you can guess the rest. So consider this a breather episode. A breather? episode. Now. Right before the big push. You've certainly earned it. All these wild twists and turns. Just take it easy for a few hours. Sit back, relax, and you and Brenda enjoy the many fine services of Wayface Airlines. Oh. Is this episode really just a big advertisement for Wayface Airlines? Yeah, in the end, Wayface Airlines, and indeed, Wayface Industries, is the friends we made along the way. What? No, it isn't. Are you saying we're not all friends, Bia? Bia? No! Captain uh... Ursula, Brenda Bentley has locked herself in the bathroom, claiming to be unwell. Oh, man. I should go see how she is. Indeed. Can't have the main two separated too long. Yeah, besides, we need to concentrate on keeping this bird in the air, so to speak. Yes, yes, please do that. Because if you don't, I will come back and haunt you... your... ghosts. I'll haunt your ghosts! Can ghosts haunt other ghosts? You know, I've never really thought about it. What an interesting question. Eyes on the controls, co-pilot. Righty-ho. And, uh, I don't see why they shouldn't. I mean, you you gonna tell a ghost they can't haunt another ghost? Aye, aye, Captain. Our 11th episode is a break of format. It is about Julie Capsum. It tells her story from when she met Ralph Montgomery, played by Jay Lee, the wonderful Jay Lee, now of Hulu's Looking for Alaska, to when she got sort of wrapped up in the ardenness of it all. Here's a scene between Lindsay Zana and Jay Lee in which they discuss a pencil. How's your girlfriend anyway? Roxanne? Rosie. We broke up. Nuts. That's too bad. Well, how's that one guy, the, the rock band guy? <laughs> you fell for that? I expected more from you. I read about it in my sister's Teen Vogue. They said you're a hot. Good for me. It was a stunt. Most of these things are. Well, so are any of these guys, like, real? There's one. Good for him. I'm talking about you. I know. (laughs) If you're ever interested... Yeah, got it. I can be your secret lover. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer sugar, baby. Truly. Look, did I ever tell you how my parents met? Considering I've never even met your my parents. My dad goes up to my mom first day of junior year, and he's like, Did you know I have a pencil that never breaks? Wow, she says. And he hands her the pencil, invites her to break it, and of course, 
it's just a pencil, so she snaps it. <laughs> right, right in half, and, and he turns right back. Smooth as can be. Oh, wow. You must be really strong. <laughs> not bad. You see where you get your charm. Well, that's not my point. My point is what my mom told me later. That every relationship, even the best relationship you can think of, is that pencil. You hand somebody something of yours. Could be small, could be big, could be precious, could be worthless. And you ask them to break it. And after that happens, you know where you stand. Dark, but okay. If you're going to break my pencil, I at least want to know your heart was in it. My heart is in it. So in it. We're in a Vaughn's parking lot in Santa Clarita, not exactly public. I won't break your pencil. That's not a promise you can make. Or keep. Look at me. Look at my face. I won't break your pencil. You're stronger than you look. We are stronger than we look. You know where to find me, Julie Capsum. Wherefore art thou, Ralph Montgomery? Right here. Trick question. Wherefore means why. Oh. So they tell me. <laughs> Look, you want to hang out? I could probably get you a part in the movie. I'd... I'd uh, like it if you were there. Uh, I, I tried out for the school musical and was laughed out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Can you stand in the background of things? Because I might be able to swing that. You call, and I come running. I'll take that as a yes. In our season finale, episode 12, Bia and Brenda did it. Lindsay Zana gets to do, it was a two-page monologue on the page, legitimately, and she knocked it out of the park. Here's an excerpt from that. Ralph, though. Ralph let me be who I needed to be. Feel what I needed to feel. Gave me the space and security to do it. And then my parents threatened his freedom, his legal record, and even his mother. But they didn't understand they were making me choose between them and him. And I chose him. I chose him every time. And I did what I needed to do to choose him again and again and again. It was the worst, most evil thing I've ever done. But it was the best thing I've ever done, too. And now it's finally caught up with me. I've thought a lot about what I wish my mother had told me. So someday, when my daughter realizes the world is a mess, I can give her slightly more guidance. But I don't know. The world is cruel. It is heartless. It is built by those who are powerful and evil to sustain those who are powerful and evil. To change the current isn't the work of just one lifetime, but many. But the world is also where I met her father. And it's where I first saw her face, smiling up at me, pinched and screaming. And that is what I want to tell her. To be braver than me to plant herself so firmly in the water that it has no choice but to turn back. I know, bone deep, 
this is no guarantee of anything. That hoping she won't have to face the same horrors I did is just me being naive, as all parents are at one point or another. But boy, do I hope she doesn't have to. There are whole months where I don't think about my life as Julie Capsum, when I can watch my daughter sit in the sun and draw her butterflies, feel his hand on my shoulder, and almost believe this is who I and we have always been. That I didn't just leave an old life behind, but completely shed that skin. I know I've hurt so many people, and I'm sorry. And I hope this is an explanation. I know it's not, but I hope. That's all I have. I'm done. And finally, here's my favorite scene. Here's Emily Vanderwerf's favorite scene of the season. This is Bia and Brenda saying goodbye after Brenda has disappeared and Bia has decided to go off to be with her new girlfriend, Lorena. I think, you know, when I think about what makes our show so special to me, this is the scene I always think of. I think that this is just beautifully performed by our actors and I just love listening to it every time, which I've done way too many times. I should not admit I'm a fan of my own work, right? I am. I am. I'm a fan of this show. I made it, but also I'm a fan. Anyway, just listen. Unknown number? I'm driving. Fine. What? I realize I never told you why I named the detective agency Arden. That's a plot thread I completely forgot about. So, I'm gonna do that now. Because I know you. I dare say we're friends. Where are you? I'm outside. Yeah, but where? Does it matter? Yes, it does. You abandoned me to this onslaught. Press and late night shows and constant- You got this, Casely. I'd be better with my co-host. Ah, you miss me? I don't miss you. You're the only other person who was there with me, who saw her tell that story, who heard everything that happened to her, who who knows that we did the right thing, which was exactly the wrong thing to do. So I named the detective agency Arden. That doesn't matter, Brenda. That doesn't matter right now, because we ruined two people's lives. Hence the part where I left. Left me to clean up the mess. You wanted this, right? I didn't want any of this. All I wanted were answers, Casely. I didn't need to see Julie dead or alive. I just needed to know. And once I knew, I was out. But you kept going. Because so I... that's the job. That's what we do. Sure. It was your show, so I went along oh, with- Oh, don't rewrite history. You barged in and took can over- Can I just do the detective thing? And then we can hang up? Fine. So after I got kicked off the force for royally fucking up the Julie Capsule investigation, I went to England to solve a mystery. Oh boy. Did you? Sort of. I was looking for the Arden Forest. It's this famous forest mentioned in a lot of English literature, but nobody knows where it is now. They lost a forest. Something like that. It's more like years and years of cutting down trees and replanting them. Things shift and change. 
I spent weeks tromping around these old woods looking for an answer, and then I found it. You miss the forest for the trees, I assume. No. I forgot the forest is the trees, and the trees are the forest. Wow. Profound, Brenda. That's what I thought at the time. I'd been looking for a reason for why this had happened to me, and I realized there wasn't one. Uh, you were framed by an elaborate criminal conspiracy run by a very rich man. I mean, I know that so now, So that's but the reason. The point is, every case is Arden. Everything is Arden. It's all a collection of things that don't seem like they matter until they do. You can lose a forest, but you can't lose a tree. You gotta cut that motherfucker down. I don't get it. I don't either, but someday I will. Sure. Look, I'm sorry I yelled. Where are you? I'm outside. I'm going to Santa Fe with Lorena. I hope you're back when I get back. I'll see you again, Casey. You can count on it. You're known for being dependable. Have fun in the desert. Have fun outside. So, that's the show. What did we learn? <laughs> Not a lot, I suppose. I mean, we ruined some lives, we had some laughs, and I'm left here to turn out the lights. I mean, I could turn out the light. You know, if there's a season two, if there's a season two, I'd better get some keys to the building. Because crawling in through that back office window is good exercise, but it gets old. We should say something profound to wrap this all up. Okay. Well, what do you have? I'll tell you what I learned. I learned that rich people are horrible. Ah. And I've learned that if you have enough money, you can basically do whatever you want. Up to and including faking your own death. The most valuable lesson of all. Perfect. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. I hope you were listening to this at night. I'm beginning to feel responsible for my own half of this mess. Thank you, everybody. To recap, here's everyone who's longlisted for the Abbeys this year, starting with our composer, Christopher Hatfield, for the piece, Julie, main theme. We're also nominated for our writing by myself, Emily Vanderwerf, Christopher Dole, Sarah Golub, and Libby Hill. We're nominated for our voice direction by myself, Christopher Dole, and Sarah Golub. We're longlisted for the supporting performance of Lindsay Zana. We're long-listed for the supporting performance of Charlita Gaston. We're long-listed for the supporting performance of Benjamin Watts. We're long-listed for the supporting performance of Shannon Estabrook. We're long-listed for the lead performance of Tracy Syed. We're long-listed for the lead performance of Michelle Agresti. And we are long-listed for the best audio play of the year. Please, check us out, listen to us, if you like this reel, I think you might like the show, except now you know how it ends, so, you know, that that's a thing. But please, 
Listen to the show. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And please, go Arden, go Abbeys. Hooray!